We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I was giving my co-host an opportunity to chew up the delicious breakfast that we have this morning. Why? Because Team Russell and Medhurst, which of course is me... Me and me. No, I'm just kidding. Me. And Mr. Me. And me. And Mr. Me. 93, (laughs) whose birthday is today, Matt Essig. Yay. Happy birthday to you. I tried to get cakes from the junkies to come over and sing happy birthday to Matt Essig in his birthday suit. Did not go for it. Well, you know, the junkies are very popular, yeah. but even they have standards. It's appreciated, yes. but not necessary. Instead, yeah, they're see. putting their producer in a, in a portable bag and Is uh, that what that, I, yeah. I, yeah, I know the portable sauna. Right. Yeah. right, but they have standards. They won't come over and sing happy birthday in a birthday suit uh, to Matt Essig, which <laughs> I don't know why I've come up with this thing, but I just thought it would be funny, not that, you know. Not that I'm trying to be to creepy. It'd be a great radio bit. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole point. Big, great radio bit if we had a visual medium to the show. Exactly. Um, if, if, but, if we had a lot of things. Well, that's all right. Uh, but uh, Team Russell and Medhurst, me, Chris, Matt, and of course our unofficial salesperson of the show, Alan Lapore. If you would like to advertise on this show, we'll hook you up with Alan and uh, we'll take care of it if you'd like us to spew the message for you. So many people continue to come up daily. Yesterday, I met the uh, my daughter's meet the coaches uh, softball thing. Find out one of the other parents, my man, Mister McMullen, listens to the show nice. every day, every day. Nice. So I ran up with a lady in the uh, elevator and a guy who I've seen around the building. He works on the third floor. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's part of the the staff at the building. He's like, I saw you on TV last night. I was like, You did. And I forgot that we do the DC Channel fifty, 50 uh, oh, yeah. DC News now, and mm-hmm. and um, you know with uh, with uh, Derek Forrest, not the commander safety, but the <laughs> other Derek Forrest, um, who looks like he could be a commander. Absolutely, safety. absolutely. So I forgot about that, and then that spurred a conversation with the lady who was also riding with her that I had ridden up with from the uh, garage. Uh, who I was a little bit mad at at first because she was driving way too fast around uh, the parking garage and going in the wrong Wasn't direction. Wasn't our general manager, was it? He tried to cuss out one time before. I, I That never – I don't know about cussing you out. <laughs> you were cussing her out inside your vehicle. I, I, what? I was, I was like this. I was dramatically motioned like, you, what the well, – what are you doing? You, you might as well thrown up double number ones. <laughs> I mean, you had your you had your hands in the air, waving them like you just don't care. You know, I mean, it's like this morning. This morning, this circle now down by Nats Park. You know, this person is clearly lost. Right. They got no idea what's going on. I, I traffic circles. I swear to God, if you want to confuse, if you want to confuse somebody, uh-huh. not everybody, but somebody, traffic circles confuse the hell out of people. Especially this one down here now. So somebody's just floating through there like, oh my God, where am I going? What do I do? And of course, what happens? The person right behind them goes. And my inner Lou Ferrigno slash Incredible Hulk 
starts to go off whenever I hear the horn. Nothing. Look, it's the one thing in my life. I'm I'm the most mild mannered, positive person ever. But if you want to piss me off, beep your horn in traffic. Really, when, dude? I didn't know that. We're going 20 miles oh, an hour would, as it you, is. You would hate me. Okay, it's 25 miles an hour right there. So it's not like it's not like we're sprinting up South Capitol Street. And this individual is laying on the horn. Okay, you would you would hate me more than you may already do. <laughs> I, I don't I don't beep because somebody won't drive fast. But I slam on the horn when you cut me off like you're the only yeah, person on the sure. road and you don't give a mm about me or anyone else. So that if you ever want to make me mad, if you ever want to see me get mad, just lay on the horn unnecessarily. So if I drove traffic. up 295, how do you get home from here? Uh, I go uh, South Cap to Suitland Parkway to Route 4. Okay. So if I, if I followed you out the building but was kind of like, incognito Mm -hmm. and you didn't see me Mm -hmm. and i identified the peep mobile and i just went if we stopped at a stoplight i would literally get out of my car and try to whip your ass Ooh, so that might be good for the show oh no that wouldn't be good for the show co-host beats the beep out of another (laughs) co-host we'd probably both get fired at that point matty ice only one to survive um (laughs) It'll be, it'll be the Matt Essex show on Monday. <laughs> what I'm not mad at this morning, I'm not mad that Georgetown decided yeah. to move on from Patrick Ewing. Okay? As as someone who's been watching Georgetown games since the Big East was on Channel 5, I think it was 1979 is when that package started with the great Len Berman doing the play-by-play, who I had a, a good exchange with this week on Twitter talking about the quality of the Big East. Jim Beheim retiring, yeah. obviously, because Lenny has seen it all. Oh, Lenny Berman is um, – I mean, I grew up with Len, yeah. watching Lenny Berman on Channel WNBC, 4. Channel 4, Channel 4 New, in New York, York sure. Right. Um, but Len, Along with Warner Wolf. Len was the first play-by-play mm-hmm. guy for that syndicated – Big East package that Dave Gavitt put together. Mm-hmm. Dave Gavitt, freaking marketing and basketball genius. Because at that time, the the world only really knew about the Atlantic Coast Conference because of the Jefferson Pilot Raycom uh, package. You know, the Holly Farms game of the week. I mean, we got, you know, Tim Brandt. Tim Brandt, locally, who was our sports anchor on Channel 7, really got to make a play-by-play name for himself doing ACC basketball. Mm-hmm. And... Because we would get a national game. Either NBC or CBS would give us a national game. But that game usually included Notre Dame, UCLA. You know, at that time, some of the kingpins of the game. So we weren't exposed to college basketball the way we are now until the ACC. So everybody knew how great North Carolina was with Dean Smith because we were getting the Holly Farms package every weekend, you know, on Jefferson Pilot. But the Big East was the game changer. This syndicated package Mm -hmm. that Gavitt got put together all through the Northeast in such big markets, it's where Georgetown really took off in the mind's eye. Everybody knew Maryland because Mm -hmm. of Lefty and all the great athletes that Lefty had brought in, but nobody really knew the quality that John Thompson had going on here at Georgetown. And in that 1979 year, you know, Iowa gets a three-point play with like five seconds remaining to knock out the Hoyas 81-80, or John Thompson would have gone to the Final Four that year, even before Patrick Ewing arrived at Georgetown. That's how good Big John had it going for people that really don't know the history of the program. 
like some of us do, mm-hmm. like a Rich Shavatkin knows, because Rich has been there for all of it. Well, Rich has done what forty nine years in a row, or yeah, is I mean, forty nine years. He's just I, phenomenal. I mean, I grew up listening to him on WWDC. Yeah. Uh, him and Dave, young Dave Brown, used to do the entire. They used to broadcast the entire Big East tournament on yeah. WWDC. I thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. So guess what happened? When I was a program director in Norfolk, we did the whole CAA tournament right. on our station down in Norfolk because I thought what they did was great, and obviously it, it was a tremendous sales vehicle for us in Norfolk being able to do all of those games. So you learn from people that do, I think, smart things. But Patrick Ewing arrived, helped Georgetown get to multiple Final Fours, mm-hmm. helped Big John win the national championship. I'm not sad that they fired him for job performance. Job performance is what it is. If you're 7-24 and 24 and you're in your seventh year, your coaching staff looks completely overmatched, you have assistant coaches going to recruiting events, falling asleep on the sideline, as evidence, as I, as I have for fact from other coaches, <clears throat> including, including mine, okay, who were at the same event and sent me a picture of it, okay, of an assistant coach, of an assistant coach at that time, Patrick Ewing's yes, staff. asleep during this recruiting event. Okay, so their staff and their staff did not elevate themselves to help Patrick. Patrick coming out of the NBA needed to hire a great staff. Mm-hmm. Okay, needed to really hire, uh, you know, uh, good guys to get out there in the weeds and recruit and listen to the local uh, voices that could really steer them to the right talent, the type of talent that would help them win in the Big East. And initially, they got it going. They had McClung and Akinjo, mm-hmm. okay? Those two dudes could play. Yeah. But couldn't keep them. Uh, couldn't keep them. The inability to retain those guys may have been an early alarm bell. And sure, they did. They put together that amazing run at MSG, and we all thought, okay, this is working out. This is going to turn around. He's turning the corner with this program. But that was with those two guys, right, if I remember correctly? Definitely McClung. Was Akinjo there? I don't know. I, think if, so. I can't remember if Akinjo had, had transferred out yet, but I think there. he was there. Right, And they weren't expected to win but that tournament way, by any but means. But either way, it was the moment where right. you were saying to yourself, hey, because the biggest doubts were – how would Patrick be able to coach on the on the college level mm-hmm. and do it in-game? How would his in-game coaching? Right. But the guys responded. The players were responding to him. And for those of us that were rooting for him, that wanted him to be successful, you know, I haven't been on the radio like some people who have been savaging him for several years hoping Georgetown would make a move. I wanted it to work for Patrick. And I'm sad from this standpoint. I'm sad because Patrick cares about Georgetown. Patrick cares about the legacy of John Thompson Jr. Patrick cares and wanted to make John Thompson Jr. and that legacy proud by carrying on the tradition that John Thompson Jr. had established at Georgetown. Mm -hmm. Patrick wanted desperately to do that. Unfortunately, he was not able to do that and continue that type of legacy. That's what I'm sad for because Patrick put – a ton of effort into this, trying to make this work because he wanted it to work for his alma mater. That gave him an opportunity, an avenue to be one of the NBA's greatest 50 players. Patrick Ewing is one of the greatest NBA players we've ever seen. And unfortunately, it just did not work out here at Georgetown consistently enough. And now the question is, the question is this. 
Will they go outside the family? There's a report last night saying that some of the people on the inside certainly want to investigate the availability of Rick Pitino. Well, guess what? You're better. I'm telling you, I think St. John's is going to jettison Mike Anderson. You know Patino's affection for New York, Mm -hmm. so you're going to have to maybe beat St. John's to that punch in terms of chasing Rick Pitino. Mm -hmm. The question ultimately is... Who's at Iona right now? Who's at Iona right now? One of the greatest coaches of all time. Right. That's not even a but debate. But everybody knows, like you said, the connection it's to It's not New even York. a debate. It's not even a debate. Rick right. Pitino is one of the greatest in-game coaches right. of all time. Will they go outside the family? Mm-hmm. Ultimately, if Georgetown wants to win a lot of games, they'll call Matt Langle at Colgate. Who's What he's been able to do in Hamilton, New York. You go to Hamilton, New York in February. Okay? It sucks. It's not the best place to recruit to. Okay, There's nothing around. There's a McDonald's and a Subway. And like a little hole in the wall joint in a movie theater. That's all they got there. Yeah. You got to go an hour and a half toward Binghamton or 45 minutes north to Syracuse to find anything resembling greater life there. And he's put together a dominant team. He's mastered the transfer portal. And guess what, Georgetown people? Okay. All your fancy alumni, they have to be great student athletes at Colgate. Not just average, they have to be great student athletes at Colgate. Matt has mastered that. Okay. Perhaps they call Kenny Blakeney over at Howard. Kenny Blakeney has Howard's first MEAC championship in 31 freaking years. In a league where Howard should be great, and they haven't been. They've seen some shine here and there, but Kenny Blakeney has brought a different level to Howard. Maybe they go that route. I think Kenny Blakeney would be great. Okay? But the question ultimately is, will they go outside the family? I'm not sure how many family members, quite frankly, are left out there. I was going to, I you was going to ask you that. Like, who else in the family could be a candidate? I don't know of one. No, it's a great question. I mean, who are you going to hire, Ronnie? No, Ronnie's Ronnie was doing good TV. Yeah, I um, know. John's obviously John the Third's working with the Wizards yeah. now. And also, I want to circle back now for those of you that wanted to. I know you didn't like John Thompson Third's playing style, and ultimately, it's what that playing style is what cost Mike Brennan, I think, his job at American. That American roster is really talented. They won a tournament game without two starters. And yet, you know, they want to jettison Mike, who's been there 10 years, took him to a tournament in 2014. He was a former Georgetown assistant as well. So, you know, the question ultimately becomes is, where is Georgetown in the mind's eye landscape of those around college basketball? Because those... Those those that will look at that program very closely will realize the uphill climb they have in the Big East right now. So I don't know if you attract a Rick Pitino unless you just bring a bucket full of money. You get a bunch of those fancy lawyers from the Georgetown Law School together and you pull your money together well, and, and you go get a guy like that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll just say something right here before you go on. I, in, according to the U.S. Department of Education, the Athletic put this out. In 2019-2020, which was a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. they spent $14 million in men's basketball expenses. Mm-hmm. Again, they have they they have a football program. It's not a football it's program a, in, in the traditional yeah. cost level. I mean, there is cost associated They're with it. They're in the it. Patriot League. It's it's not right. it's not it's not quite Right. Our guy Linnell Willingham did a, a few games that I think you helped uh, facilitate, yeah, right? So I, I don't want to Huber. say that they don't Right. I don't want to say they don't have a football program. They do. They don't have a football program that costs the kind of money that other football programs right. cost in right. terms of the big time nature. They are they are they are eligible for sixty three scholarship football. I think it's either sixty three or sixty two. I think it's right. sixty three at the one AA level. But, but basketball up until recently, Chris, they were playing non scholarship football. Okay. 
But basketball, I guess the reason why I, I bring this out, they, they said $14 million in men's basketball expenses in 2019-2020. If you're spending $14 million four years ago, I don't know if you're spending more or less. I, I would think with the cost of everything, you're spending more now than you were then. But I don't know because of I don't know budget cuts and I don't know enough about that. But my point being is, Pete, if you're spending – Let's just call it $14 million, the last reported figure that I have here in front of me. $2 million more mm-hmm. than guess who? Maryland? North Carolina. Oh, yeah. According to the U.S. Department wow. of Education. Okay? $2 million more. The commitment is there. The money is there. The opportunity is there. Now, you keep throwing around Rick Patino. Understandably. Tremendous cachet. I'm sure you have to re here's the thing. You have to rejuvenate a dead fan base. Yes. But but do you We could walk into Capital One Arena and literally sit behind the bench because there's nobody there. Right. Outside of my guy, uh Jay Greenwell and his dad. Ricky Ricky P's gotta be like what doesn't seventy? Doesn't matter. He's crushing he's he's still He's still vibrant. He's up and down the sideline. He's not sitting over on the bench like some figurehead. Rick Patino is still still getting it done. All right. I, I, listen, I love the idea of just for the sex looks, appeal. Rick Pitino looks 50. Okay, okay. no, I, I I get it. I mean, listen, the sex appeal of Rick Pitino would be awesome. Okay, and I know how great of a basketball coach he is. Again, I threw out the name uh, to you and Mook yesterday, Chris Beard. I know that would be a Doesn't, very. I don't think it just. I don't think it fits geographically or with the school's landscape. Okay, I, when, I think... when you say that, I know he's a favorite at Ole Miss, mm-hmm. but that dude can. Coach and recruit yes, and turnaround programs. In a school full of lawyers, he's got a background that is a little unsavory right okay. now. Even though he wasn't charged in this most recent alleged incident, right. I think his background and because of that incident would make some people a little nervous over there. Oh, I understand that. But, but I yes, wanna... I'm with you. Chris Beer can absolutely right. coach. But I guess I'm just talking more about the basketball element mm-hmm. more than the personality and the mission of the school and all that. Unfortunately, what happens is every coach in the Big East would then go out and use that against Georgetown sure. saying, hey, you don't know if your coach is going to be there. He might turn on you guys. He might F-bomb you and cuss you up and down you know, because he's got a bad temper. You know Whether that's Understood. true or not, that's what those coaches would do. Understood. Now, the intriguing name, and I've said this on this show before, my son worked a basketball you know, clinic with him a few years ago when he was down here at O'Connell. Ed Cooley, if Ed Cooley has any modicum of interest in Georgetown, I, Mr. DeJoya, I will, I will take the van of cash and I will drive it up I-95. I will deliver it to Ed Cooley for you because my observations, we played Providence a few years ago at Navy. My interactions with Coach Cooley were fantastic uh, in in that you know brief day uh, that we played Providence. My son's interactions with him, watching him at a clinic, are top notch because my, my my son doesn't get you know wowed by guys you know teaching and and stuff like that very easily, but couldn't have come away more impressed with Ed Cooley. And Ed Cooley has had success in the Big East. So if Ed Cooley is even remotely interested in coming down and looking to revive this program, I'll drive the van of cash and I will deliver it to Ed Cooley's front door because I think Ed Cooley is a fantastic basketball coach. Has he has he maybe peaked at Providence? I don't know. 
I don't know. Well, that, I, I mean, that's I don't, a, that's I don't a know. fair question at this point. And to me, ultimately, I think Georgetown should have deeper resources than Providence. And they should, yes. And I think if if at, what Eddie's done at Providence is pretty damn good. Well, I don't know what his contract is, but would Providence allow him out of his contract just to to, to go to a fellow Big East school? Coaches get out of contracts all the time, Chris. right? But to go, but to go in the same uh, conference. You never know what the Jesuits would do with each other. Hmm. Well, <laughs> maybe maybe they would say, hey, maybe they would send him a wire transfer from one Jesuit mm-hmm. to another. Hey, well, we want Ed. Um, I'd have to check his contract status. Yeah, if I, that's I, even I don't know. Available. All I know is he continues to remake Providence. And uh, listen, Providence is not never winning a national championship under Ed Cooley. I don't know if Providence is ever going to, you know. I mean, Rick Pitino obviously had Providence, uh, mm-hmm. it, you know, long time ago. Long time ago. But... Providence is always right in the middle of things, and always right? been able to. Co- Ed's always been able to come into DC to get kids. Yeah. And you would so. have if if he's at Georgetown, and theoretically Georgetown has more resources and, like you said, more of a hotbed to keep these kids at home. That would make some sense. There's a name. There's a name. There's that's a dream, out there, man. That's out there that I want to bounce off of you when we come back, okay? Because we're just starting to unwrap this. Mm-hmm. Here, here's the bottom line, too. And Hoyas fans, if you want to call in and 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 tell us who you want, 301-230-0980, 980 I don't I, I don't know what the Hoyer fan base is right now. It's been kind of dormant, as Pete just mentioned, a thousand people at Capital One Arena and whatever. But we know you're out there, okay? But there's a name that I want to bounce off of you. I'm not going to give you any hints. But it's going to be a name that's going to spur some interest, interesting debate on our end, on your end, and I think on our audience's end next. Okay, three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. The first thing is has happened. Georgetown has finally identified. Look, it's time to make a move. The question is now, what level do they go for this hire? Do they go outside the family? Do they try to somehow stay inside the family? And if you're an alumnus over there, you've been very vocal, very loud. Student body's been very loud. You don't show up at the games. That speaks volumes. What's going to get you, you know, fired up about Georgetown basketball again? Because as I said, I've been watching it since 79. Loved every minute of it, or, well, close to every minute of it. The last few years have not been as exciting. But finally, they've admitted we've got a problem. How do they address it? That's the question. 301-230-0980. Coming up, touchdown at 10. A little more news from Charles Gasparino on the commander's sale. A few more details trying to emerge here. We'll discuss those as well. It's Russell and Medhurst. We're off and running on a Matt Essig birthday Friday right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more rings, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
Coming up, touchdown at 10. Chris Blair, D.C. Defenders, your undefeated D.C. Defenders. Looking to go to 4-0 Sunday. Vegas Vipers in town. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday would help if I turn on my microphone. That would be great. Matt, are you seeing what I'm seeing? Woo! <laughs> yeah. What, do I have cream cheese on my lip? Yeah, you got cream cheese all Damn. over your mouth. <laughs> God, that sucks. See, that would be great. Again, if we had a TV element, you'd be cracking up if you were yeah, watching. I, well, I, I'd be less of a slob if we were on TV. No, you or, wouldn't. Or a video. You'd still yeah, be I the would. guy that walks in with a 20, what is that, a 24-ounce cup of, mm, no, because that's a 22-ounce cup of uh, Coke. I, I know that. Oh, they're both 22 ounces. So you have 22 ounces of coffee and soda there. Plus a bagel smothered in cream cheese. I mean, like, what do you daintily put cream cheese on your bagel? I don't put any. I just eat mine just like that. See? You eat it plain? Oh, my God. I mean, I put sometimes I'll put stuff on it, but I just grab it and eat it. It's like a sandwich. I know, See? but the whole idea is a sandwich is better or a bagel is better with cream cheese or butter what or sandwich something. sandwich doesn't have anything inside of it? <laughs> it, it, it like, there's probably nothing more than, than Pete than that. I'm such a plain guy. I mean, I, exactly. There's, it's you like you're the kind of guy. I had a you're fraternity. The kind of guy. I had a fraternity that brother in college. We named him Big Al because he was mm, <clears throat> five six and about 110 pounds. What's easier than and, for a guy named Al to call him Big Al? Right, but it was just the opposite because he was anything but. But we called him Big Al, and he had like the only thing he would eat would be dry roast beef sandwiches. Mm. Plain white bread, absolutely zero level of condiments. No tomato, no lettuce, no onion, no mayo, no mustard, no nothing. Horseradish, and just a slab of roast beef, no cheese, no nothing. Uh, You're Big Al! When I, when I played in a throwback to the old Negro Leagues in the Chesapeake Independent League, I had a guy named Carlos that played on my team. Carlos Assembly, great athlete Did in Naples. Big Carlos? Uh, no, everybody called him Locus. So, like, every person I've ever known named Carlos... I want to call him Locust now because mm. everybody called Carlos Assembly Locust. It's just one of those things. Like anybody named Al, Big Al, you know, all the time. You. All right, so here's my question for here's you. Your, what's the name? Back to Georgetown. What's and, the and name? We'll get to the calls, 301-230-0980, How about Kim English? I got no I, problem with that. I mean, now, he would have to get out of his contract. Georgetown, I'm sure, could buy it out. That's, that's not, not a problem. I'm not rooting for George Mason, who had a wonderful, wonderful second half of the year. Uh, they came up way short yesterday. They fell apart uh, with a couple of minutes left to go in the first half and never recovered, and they got bombed by St. Louis in the A-10. Still doesn't erase the fact that it was a really good second half of the year. They showed a lot of growth, a lot of progress. Kim was on our show last week um, when they were in the midst of a se- season ending. Uh, well, not season ending, but season uh, a seven-game win streak. Let's just put mm-hmm. it that way. Before yesterday. And, and I mean, it's hot, and it, they just look, ran out of gas yesterday. Look, that league is ridiculous, okay, because of the amount of travel, the teams that really aren't separated by a whole lot. You know, I mean, uh, if, if, to me, look, if you're looking in that league, and, and I think what ha- what is what Kim English has done a very good job of already is establishing himself locally with some of the, what I would call, grassroots basketball hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Okay? He's aligning himself. He has had conversations with, and he is listening to some of those minds locally. So I would have no problem. The question ultimately is how does how does how does Georgetown's hierarchy sell Kim to the fans? You know, can you get fired up about him? Look, there's no question Kim's going to come in 
uh, with, as we know from talking to him, we've talked to him multiple times over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. Kim brings a great staff with him who's well entrenched in the recruiting efforts here locally. Mm-hmm. I think Kim English would be a great, great interview to have. I think you have to at least talk to him. I agree. Okay. I don't. I don't want Kim English to leave George Mason because I don't want Mason to struggle. Yeah, but I mean, look. Let's face it. You had a chance to go from I George understand. Mason to Georgetown. I understand. It's a different level. I mean, for Kim English, it would make sense. It would be understandable. Okay, not Kim, to say Kim's that got Kim's got enormous experience as an assistant right. at, the, at the big time level. So right. that's that. Don't worry about where Kim has been. Kim would. Kim, I think, would be. And he would bring the kind of mentality that I think that program needs right now. I'll give you another name, too. How about the guy that is on top of the the Atlantic 10 right now? Maybe Mike Rhodes down at VCU. He plays a style that is similar to the old Georgetown way, where they're going to press you. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're gonna force you into uh, you know a, a lot of turnovers. Mike's biggest problem, and that of VCU through the years, is it, VCU has been challenged offensively. At times, this team in particular, they can go through droughts. I mean, I watched Navy play great against them for about a 12-minute period in the first half down there. Mm-hmm. My guy, Mac McDonald, was shooting the lights out uh, down at VCU. Eventually, they would wear Navy down in that game. But, you know, they would have access to better talent. They would have access to, you know, direct access even more to this area, to the top players in this area. And Mike's style of play would resemble a little bit mm-hmm. of what made Big John famous because they would get in your rear end defensively and and f- make you play you know against them 94 feet. So I think Mike Rhodes would be worth the call as well if you're looking at style of play and what might work right now uh, in the Big East. All right, The Athletic also brings up Kevin Keats from mm-hmm. NC, NC State. State even now, though they got destroyed last night. Right, right. Um, Kevin, for years, was big on the prep school level. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son played against him when he was at Massanutten. So there, no question Kevin would be a guy that certainly would be worth the interview and speaking to. Uh, but again, you know, the, ultimately, is the job at NC State right now mm-hmm. better than the one at Georgetown? And I, don't, I think the answer is overwhelmingly yes. Yes, but if Georgetown pays... I, and I don't know what he's making. If he's making $3 million a year or $2 million a year at NC State and Georgetown doubles that, guys are going to, you know. Yeah, I mean, Kevin would certainly talk to him. Right. I, I don't think there's What about Mike about Jones? Not not the reporter, not the uh, DJ that I know, long time, long time to math, the coach. Yep. Certainly would, certainly, again, would have access to players. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't have any head coaching experience at the Division One level. He's mm-hmm. been a lieutenant down there for Mike Young now at Virginia Tech. And are you looking for an established coach if you're Georgetown, or are you looking for a young, up and comer, a proven associate Georgetown head coach? Type? Right now, Georgetown has to look at a guy that I think has been a head coach because they just went through the experimental route with Patrick Ewing mm-hmm. and it failed miserably. But okay. is that is that because he was ex- is that be in your opinion is that because he was a first time head coach or because Patrick Ewing just wasn't cut out for there's college a lot coaching? of there's a lot of things wrong there a Patrick had no college experience as a coach mm-hmm. um, and it was his first head coaching job you're learning yeah. on the job you know he's wanted to be a coach for a long time he'd been passed over in the NBA for years been trying to get opportunities right. in the NBA as a head coach. But, you but know, there's a difference, like you said, you know, j- just 
between what Patrick was doing for a long time and fairly successfully, if not very successfully, being an assistant coach in the pros and a and a different style of game. You don't have to recruit in the NBA, right? You don't have the transfer portal that he's had to deal with, that everybody's had to deal with over the well, last three or four years. You don't have that. I, I worried about Patrick from this standpoint. I grew up a Patrick Ewing fan, both at Georgetown and with the New York Knicks. I grew up in New York. The Knicks were the the Knicks were the hot ticket item when I was growing up and and Big East basketball, okay? Love Georgetown. I mean, love Patrick Ewing. Love Patrick Ewing. I worried about Patrick Ewing not having the enthusiastic personality, the boombox personality that you need to connect with in a lot of ways with kids See, today. I, I don't know about that. I don't I don't know if you no. I mean I I I understand I understand the point you're trying to make. And yes, there are a lot of people that say, you know, there are a lot of kids this kids the age now have no idea that Patrick Ewing is one of the greatest 50 players in the NBA without looking it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand where you're going there. But you I mean, what Chris, we got I mean, Jim Beheim was coaching at 78. No, I know. Mike Shashevsky was coaching and winning in his 70s. But but it's not just age, it's also how you communicate, right? And Patrick no, I, I, Patrick right. was never a great interview. Like, like when you would watch Patrick in his playing days, he was never like a bombastic, you know, type personality. Yeah, but, but somebody guess what? that guess what? We sometimes would, we sometimes we crap on those guys. I know we crap I, on those guys right. that you're come right. across as quote craving attention. You're right. You're, right. you're absolutely right. Patrick's personality in huddle was great. The famous video of him asking a player, you know, when do you practice that shot? Mm-hmm. When? I love that. I think that's great because sometimes when kids do stupid things out there, you have to ask them questions. Right. And see what their answer is. So, so you think, you think communication, personality, um, aura, I guess for yeah, lack sure. of a better, but but you don't think that was a it's just a, like a when major I talk about contributing I, factor. Yes, I mean, I, I, you you are. I think you're barking up the right tree. Okay? okay, it's just like when I talk about teachers. I think the greatest skill a teacher needs to have. Look, in, in almost every school system now, the curriculum is laid out for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, the days of teachers working hard on hours-long lesson plans because everybody wants to have their hands in it and control it, a lot of the curriculum is is already laid out for you. It's your ability to communicate with those 25 kids in that classroom and get them engaged to listen to you yeah. at the start of the day. How and do I? How do we, how do we communicate that curriculum? So as a coach, how do I communicate what we're trying to do mm-hmm. directly to you to get you to engage and be bought in and play hard? And I think that's an area where maybe they struggled a little bit okay. as well because at times they looked like an unorganized mess out on the floor, which means the kids either weren't good enough or they didn't know what Patrick was talking about or the coaches were talking about. So, you know, again, that's where I think experience, finding somebody with some winning pedigree is important. That's why I think a guy like Matt Lengel and what he's done at Colgate in a high academic you know, situation would be tremendous. I think what Kenny Blakeney has done at Howard – of course, he's got the Duke pedigree. He knows he knows how to find high-level student-athletes. You can't be a bum student at Howard. You couldn't be a bum student at Duke. So that that's a name. You know, that that those are names if 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 you don't want I mean, Kim English would certainly merit a conversation, in my opinion. So I mean, again, it's it's the question ultimately is how much money do they have to pay? And how much are they willing to, you know, open up from an NIL perspective? Because the moment you bring somebody high profile in there, every kid that's putting their name in the transfer portal 
is certainly going to look to your program and go, well, guess what? I can play there because mm-hmm. they sucked the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I know I can play there. It's going to be a very attractive place. Let's go to the phones. Let's get Greg in Southeastern here before we hit the training. What's up, Greg? Hey, how you doing? Hey, uh, I think it's uh, – uh, just going to say first, I read on a, a list that Georgetown uh, puts just as much money in their program as the University of Kentucky. And that was on the top twenty list. I think it was in USA Today. Yeah, I don't, but, I don't uh, have that number, but the number that I gave you about spending more than North Carolina was as of 2019-2020, and that was from the U.S. Department of Education. So, I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know exactly what Kentucky spends, what Georgetown spends, but if they're spending two million dollars more than North Carolina, you'd think they're at least in the ballpark of Kentucky. Right, but uh, I'm gonna say that the biggest thing. That I've seen, uh, I've been, I'm 50, I'm 50, 54 years old, and I've been, you know, I grew up in in in, in the Georgetown uh, at number two Boys and Girls Club and with Big John and all the guys that used to come, Baby Duran and all those guys. So one thing I'm going to say that culturally, the cultural fit had to change. Pat didn't really have the best shot. Uh, they kind of kept things the same way. And the culture kind of won out. If I'm going with a guy, I'm going to give you a couple of names. Not, I don't think Ed Cooley, Ed Cooley has used Georgetown the last couple of years to get more money from Providence. Uh, I would say a couple of names that you're not going to probably hear. Dennis Gates and Jeff Capel. And I love, I love Kim English. I do go to a lot of uh, George Mason games. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, he, Kim English would be good. They're gonna need a guy. I think is a young grinder, but has some that's been a, that's been in the game. I don't think an older coach is what this what this team needs. I think it needs an experienced young young middle young to middle aged guy who's been who cut his chops in the NCAA. Maybe as assistant had a couple of jobs. I think those guys will work good in this situation. Uh, Kim English would be great. I think Jeff Capel would be great. I think the guy at Penn State would be great. I think all those guys could do this could do this job. But you got to change. You got to change. Breaking away from the Big John, the way they did things is what you have to do. But he, his 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 legacy of Georgetown will always be there. So you're not yeah, exactly. away from it. That's right. That, uh, turn, Greg, that's, exa- that's the, the hey, Greg, that's yeah. the best point right there. And, yeah. and appreciate the call. No uh-huh. one is ever going to disparage or forget the legacy of what mm-hmm. John Thompson Jr. did at Georgetown. The body of work is extraordinary. It can never be disputed the quality that he brought to the sidelines at Georgetown. He was talking about Micah Shrewsbury. He's done, I think, a solid job Mm -hmm. at Penn State. Penn State with a nice win over Illinois. Plays Mm -hmm. a very player-friendly style at Penn State. They Mm -hmm. shoot a lot of threes, as Maryland found out last weekend. Even even when you miss a lot, you keep shooting them because Mm -hmm. you never know what will happen. My issue with Jeff Capel is the inconsistency of his teams. Um, Jeff's coached for a while. Uh, You know, it's like the Dow Jones, man. It's up and down, up and down. So I, I would be a little nervous there if you get the if you get the way they've played this year at Pitt, which by the way, buoyed by a Colgate transfer, Nelly Cummings, who's been fantastic for them. 
who was part of Matt Langle's program at Colgate. So, like I said, there's a lot of capable coaches out there. Pardon the pun. But I think it, it certainly is sufficient. There's a lot of capability that is out there. The ultimate question is, how much are they willing to pay? And who are they willing to go get, despite maybe some of the scruples that they might have? But there's no doubt the Big East is better when St. John's and Georgetown are better. Right now, neither one of those programs resemble what they used to do. Chris has a look at what's trending. All right, so as we've been talking about, Georgetown officially moving on from Patrick Ewing after six horrible seasons. 75-109, and 109, the cumulative record. Yes, the highlight moment, the Big East win a couple of years ago, but still not enough. Ewing issuing a statement saying he's very grateful to the school, the president, uh, for giving him the opportunity to achieve my ambition to be a head basketball coach. He said, in quote and in part, I will always be a Hoya. Meanwhile, Maryland with the win last night uh, in the Big Ten quarters tonight, right here on the Team 980, 8.30 the pregame, 9 o'clock the tip from the United Center in Chicago. They take on number 19, Indiana. Again, listen to it here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Meanwhile, the Wizards try and reverse what happened at the end of the Hawks' loss on Wednesday night. They're over on 99.1 FM beginning at 6. 45 against the same Hawks. Caps losing in a shootout last night to Josh Harris-owned New Jersey Devils. And Chris Blair, D.C. Defenders wide receiver, had a key touchdown in the D.C. Defenders win against St. Louis last week, 3-0. They're home for Vegas this Sunday night at Audi. He will join us coming up during touchdown at 10. And finally, one note from Charles Gasparino of Fox Business Channel. He says at least one potential billionaire bidder has dropped from consideration recently to buy the commanders. No name on that. We'll have more on that coming up again during touchdown at 10. And that's what's trending. Final segment on this. Coming up, touchdown at 10. Chris Blair, D.C. Defenders, looking to go to 4-0 this week. Great conversation. Chris and I also had a mm-hmm. great back and forth about HBCU rivalry between Southern and Alcorn State, where he went to school. And he played in two back-to-back games, which were silly football off-the-chain games. Alcorn beat Southern in the SWAC championship game, 39-24, and then they played North Carolina A&T in the Celebration Bowl and lost 64-44 to one of the best teams A&T has ever had. And I think, really, over the last 15 years, one of the best HBCU teams ever. North Carolina A&T had a hell of a run uh, for about a two- or three-year period there. How do you remember all this stuff? I mean, look, I skipped first grade because I had a photographic memory. So it's just insane. There's going to be a time where I know at some point I'm going to have to start taking Geritol and all that other stuff because my memory is going to eventually fade. Mm -hmm. But just like when I do horse racing, when I do games, I memorize people's numbers. So therefore, I don't have to sit there with a roster card constantly. uh, Look at, oh, who's uh, made that catch? Uh, Oh, it's Jones, you know? You can always tell when a play-by-play person is struggling to know who it is because there's these long pauses and trying to figure out, right? You know, as the spotters trying to point on the on the box sheet or whatever. Well, I I I knew that, but I'm just saying. I mean, a lot of guys do. 
Yeah. And a lot of guys don't have the photographic memory. I have no idea. When we had that conversation <clears throat> with Blair, and we talked about a lot of cool other things, I was like, I have zero knowledge, zero memory of anything <laughs> that you remembered. I just was blown away. Uh, my guy Tyrone, uh, who emailed us yesterday, was a little salty with me about um, my lack of knowledge of the RFK Stadium area. Uh, it's okay. I- I'm not telling you I know everything. Uh, he says Mike Jones uh, at Virginia Tech, who we just talked no about. No Division One head coaching experience, though, is, I know. is, is I an know. issue. Do you feel Georgetown is going to want, okay, you said experienced coach because they just did the first-time head coach. Do you think it has to be a big, sexy name, or do you think it can be an experienced coach that's not a big, sexy name? I just think it has to be an experienced coach. Uh, and, look, I, I mean, ultimately – like I said, I think Lengel would do a great job here. I would push for Kenny Blake near Ed Cooley. Those would be my top two targets if I'm Georgetown. You think Lengel would get anybody in the fan base fired up? He would eventually because they'd win. Okay. But Cooley, and if you went Cooley, Kim English, Kenny Blakeney. or Blakeney, I think that would resonate with the dormant fan base more, right? Mm-hmm. At least initially. I mean, I think a lot of people would go, oh, who's this guy that they just hired from Colgate? Understand. That's, a, that's a, uh, Completely understandable. That's toothpaste. 100%. Completely understand. Yeah. And I think Matt is holding out for a job in Philadelphia. Um, is that where he's from? Yeah. Okay. Played at Penn. I, I think I think he's holding out for a job in Philadelphia. I won't say which job specifically, but I have a pretty good idea of which one it is. Um, dad, big silly lawyer in Philadelphia. So I have an idea of which one it is. Villanova? No, no. no. It's, and that, but out of respect for that job and that coach, I won't say it. Gotcha. You know, but I, I think I think if I think right now Georgetown, with what Kenny has done at Howard here in this short amount of time, what Ed Cooley has done at Providence, those would probably be my first two legitimate calls because I think those are two guys that you could legitimately get, and they would do a good job with your program. So we'll see. 301-230-0980. Great hour on that. Also, here's a name for the American job. Billy Walker, if you're listening to me and you can hear my voice, Dwayne Simpkins, make the call. The George Mason assistant, well entrenched in this area. You'd get good kids. You've already got good players. Dwayne Simpkins, I think, would win a lot of games at American University. Coming up. We will hear from Chris Blair, the D.C. Defenders wide receiver. We'll do that next in Touchdown at 10, right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.